So I just had a thought, Rob. Yes. Um, I was going to mention the word bush doof <laughs> in this episode at uh-huh. least once. Yeah. Um, how would you explain a bush doof? Well, it's a, it's a doof. Yeah. It's in the bush. Full stop. Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 53 of Game Life Balance Australia. I'm your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by an actual werewolf, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. See, the problem is that it's not the full moon that sets me off, it's people mooning me Ah, in the street. Right. So every time, like, you know, some bastards in a car roll past with their bums out the window, oh, I turn into a werewolf. It happens quite a lot to you. It actually. does, but I, I don't do anything werewolfy. I just kind of stand there, being all hairy, and ooh, just pick up the torn shra- scraps of your clothes. And, ah, everyone can see my wolf cock now. <laughs> just walk home naked. <laughs> We've all done the werewolf walk of shame. Yeah, that reminds me of a few dreams I had when I was a, a kid. Um, <laughs> welcome to episode fifty-three of Game Life Balance Australia. Uh, today we're going to be doing something a little different. This is kind of a kind of a musical episode of the show AC. We're gonna we're gonna be reaching out. We're gonna be drawing down inspiration from the muses. Yes. Uh, the the muse of of music, particularly whose name I forget. <laughs> the muse of. I music. call her musical. <laughs> she will come down and destroy us all. Yeah, that's right. Her wrath. Yes, her terrible reign commences today. Is this a bad? Time to mention that I have terrible taste in music and that my favourite band is Aqua. <laughs> yeah, look, neither of us <laughs> are, like, let's say, like, we don't... Neither of us represent typical good taste in music. <laughs> you're, you're like the stereotypical white boy who loves hip-hop. Yes, yes, you could say that. Um, <laughs> and uh, and AC likes Aqua. So yeah. which, which of us is worse? I don't know. Take we should hit. have a poll. Which of our musical Which is more tastes? shameful? <laughs> See, the thing is, I'm not ashamed. I really should have shame, but I'm not ashamed. No, neither am I. No. Uh, of my musical tastes, because like my ringtone is "Happy Boys and Happy Girls" by Aqua. Right there, you go. Yes. Let's be happy. Come on, let's go get it on. And my ringtone, like when it's off silent, is usually really high. Oh, There's gosh. always that moment of I should really change that ringtone, but I never do. <laughs> And if I changed it, I'd probably change it to Barbie Girl or something like that. Yeah, yeah, look. <laughs> it's a classic song, all right? <laughs> Time will tell. But, you know, that you know, the music that you've just mentioned, albeit, you know, very pop, mm. it is also a bit closer to dance music. It is. Uh, which is kind of a central theme or core conceit of the featured game for this week. It is indeed. Which is... Rez. Rez. <laughs> just, I just love saying wolfcock. Sure, because because no, think about it. It sounds like an old timey English surname. Yes, my name is Howard Wolfcock, <laughs> the noble clan of Wolfcock. <laughs> Several generations. Maybe I should change my last name or my or my daughter's middle name to Wolfcock. You live in Wolfcock Manor. <laughs> it's on the moors. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how much mooning goes on at Wolfcock Manor. <laughs> An unusually frequent occurrence. <laughs> out of every, 
out of every window at midnight, there's just a, there's just an ass hanging out. Oh, God. <laughs> I really want to know if Wolfcock's actually like a like an old timey surname. Um, I bet I bet you there. There's yeah. got to be there's got to be at least one Wolfcock in the world because it sounds kind of. I don't, it, it, it sounds like some sort of nobility is attached to that. Yes. For some reason, yes, it does sound like blue-blooded. Yeah. I, I don't know why. <laughs> but but Cox probably spelt with a C-H rather than a, a C-K. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, which kind of ruins everything for me. But probably, it, well, it originally wasn't, but they changed it so that it would be less embarrassing. So, <laughs> so their coat of arms No, 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 no. Stop. You know how you have swords crossing. All right, enough of that. <laughs> all right, moving on. Moving all right, on. all right, let's talk about Res. So, Res is a 2001 release game for the Dreamcast, originally by yes. Sega. It is actually a direct Sega property. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and uh, I've been hearing about Res for a while, mm-hmm. and I've been meaning to get my hands on one. Now, it's been on my list, so on my, uh, on my phone in my Google Docs, I have a list of all the games that I want to get, mm. and Res has been on there for quite a while. And every time I go to Japan, I look for it. Right. Um, and I have never found a copy in the wild. There you go. And I wasn't restricted to Dreamcast. It was PS. I was. I wanted Dreamcast at first, mm. uh, but then I also wanted. Uh, then I went. Oh, bugger it! Any copy, like you know, the PS2 copy, which came out fairly, fairly soon afterwards. Yeah. Um, is 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 okay as well, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, but no matter what shop, no matter what retro store, no matter what like you know weird hard off book off that I went to, I never found a copy of Res on go. either system. Hmm. So uh, it's worth noting that the Dreamcast version of Res, the uh, PAL version, especially is incredibly expensive. Okay. So on eBay at the moment, the highest one is $576 Australian. Yikes. And the lowest is two uh in the lowest is $256. Right. And there are only two copies of the PAL version I can see at this moment. The uh Ameri- sorry, the Japanese version is cheaper, but not by a whole lot. It's usually like a hundred and twenty dollars, hundred and twenty-seven dollars. Right. So it's it's a very sought-after game. I think if you did find it in the wild in Japan, it might be a bit cheaper. Mm. So I gave up on the Dreamcast version, uh, and I couldn't even find the PS2 version either. Mm. So I ended up ordering off the internet. Okay. So I got um the Res Special Edition version mm-hmm. for about 80 bucks which mm-hmm. is not cheap but i wanted this game and I actually i really wanted to review it for the podcast so you know i put my money on the line and i got the special sex toy edition of res <laughs> it's kind of no other way to to dance around this subject so it comes in a big box it's a big box res game almost yes. kind of like the the format of like old pc games it's kind of that size because it's got the game in the front and then it has a vibrator. Yes, it's technically it's called the trance vibrator. Yes. Uh, so calling it a sex toy, mm, technically incorrect, but in in reality, um, not too far off the mark. Yeah. So the reason we call it a sex toy, and the reason it kind of gets a lot of shit for that, yeah, is because you don't know what to do with it yes. when you're playing. <laughs> Res, which is like a, it's an on rails shooter, basically, mm. Mm. Uh, set to music. And every time you fire, you get a, you know, you get some of the rhythm. Yeah. 
And so it's not a rhythm game per se. It just adds to the music when you shoot things. Mm. It's very incredibly trancy. The controller vibrates already, but this vi- this vibrator, which is just basically like a kind of a small brick. Yeah. Like, it's not shaped like a penis or anything like that. No. It's about the size of, like, a mobile phone or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and... You, the problem is that there's kind of nowhere to put it. Like, they don't include a glove for your hand. So when you're playing this and you've got this thing that's vibrating to the beat mm. and you're sitting down, mm. like, your options are, oh, I can pop it in my top pocket right next to where my heart is beating. That's not, not a great idea. You don't want to really feel that. Yeah. So the next, oh, I'm sitting down, so, oh, I just put it, uh, oh, I know where I can stick it, right between my legs. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's kind of the only logical place you can put that thing. <laughs> and boy, is that awkward if you're playing with friends. It's it's a weird thing because it does seem to serve almost no purpose. And, uh. it, and it really does beg the question, quite literally, where yeah. do I put this thing? Yeah. And the obvious answer is too upsetting to even mention. Yeah. Now, it does come with a little, like, carry case. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's like a little cloth carry case <laughs> with like, a little bit of Velcro. And I thought, oh, maybe this straps to my wrist. No, it's just it's just a carry case that yeah. you can put it inside. A few, a few, I like guess a, you could wash it afterwards. <laughs> a few KFC moist towelettes thrown in as well. You can just wipe it down after you're done. Yeah, you see, the thing is, I think that the, <laughs> it's I just, think it's genuinely, is like, literally what we're thinking. Like, that's where you're meant to put it. It's just a cheeky sort of thing that Sega did. It does seem a bit cheeky or, like... It's either really ill thought out, yeah, or it is a sly sort of like wink, wink type. I mean, because I, I just can't imagine that they didn't at least think about where do we put this thing. <laughs> like, what, thing is, is, what is this for? <laughs> you know. And it should be stated that this is the Japanese version only. Yeah, as far as I know, uh, I think the only the, the trans vibrator only came in Japan, mm. uh, and it does come up on eBay. It is cheaper than the just just flat out the the Dreamcast version, and there's no real difference between them, as far as I can tell. Yeah, okay. The tracks are the same, um, the visuals are pretty much the same. I think the PS2 might be slightly... have a better frame rate. Yeah, I mean, there's no... There's no indication that they tried to make the games different. They really, they really didn't want to make the PS2 version the same as the Dreamcast version, mm. more or less. Um, so yeah, but there might have been the, the PS2. I think I understand to be a slightly more powerful system. It is, um, yeah. It, it does chug sometimes. Yeah, but uh, how about we just explain what the gameplay is? I yeah, suppose. let's let's talk about the gameplay AC, and then we'll talk about some of the weird history around the um, development of the game. Sure. Um, all right. So do you want me to have a go at trying to explain? What yeah, this game yeah, is? yeah. All right. I'll have a go, and you can you can leap in if I get things wrong. Sure. Um, so basically, what this game is is, as AC said, it's an on rails shooter, a very visually impressive on-rails shooter um, but the core conceit of the game is that um, um, there's this trance music playing and what happens on screen affects the music so when you when you shoot something um, it makes a noise not just a noise like an explosion but actually like a like a drum beat or, or a snap clap or some kind of like something you know a tone of some sort that yeah that syncs up with the music and feels like naturally part of it that's kind of like the what makes it cool is that when you when you're shooting things and and you know lasers and things are flying around the place, um, the sounds that are created by all of that sync up with the music and they sound like it's clever. They sound like they should be there. They sound yeah. like they're meant to be part of the music. If that makes sense. And the thing um, is that it's not rhythm. It's not timing based. Yeah. Okay. So you don't have to hit these things in order. No, no matter what order you hit them in, they still sound yes. good when you hit them. Yeah. Exactly. So you can actually do combos. Like you can. Uh, hit the fire, hold the fire button down, and kind of target four things, and then press it again, and it'll go do 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 do. Yeah, and that 
you know, helps the music. Uh, In the same way that if you go do, 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 uh, just shoot them one at a time, sounds good as well. So you're kind of creating your own version of the track in some ways, I suppose you could say. Like you're adding to it in your own way. Yeah, and it's always going to, for that reason, it's always going to sound a bit different every time you play it. I mean, not like drastically different. No, no, no. Like the the same, the rhythm part underneath is still the same. Yeah, there is like a core. To be clear, there is this sort of core part of the music that's Mm. always going to be there. And you're kind of adding different layers to it with with what you're doing on screen. Um, I think that's really important to talk about that targeting and releasing system because that is kind of like I mean the gameplay in, in this game is is pretty simple. Yeah, you really just it's an on rails shooter. Yeah, effectively, you're moving a cursor around the screen mm. and you're shooting, and you're also as AC said like lighting up or targeting by holding down the attack button and then releasing, and you can kind of get this yeah this like like lazy missiles kind of effect where your your beams kind of shoot out and like yeah. blow things up. Um, the the visual look. How would you describe the way the game looks? AC. Like? Uh, so you and I before were talking um, like it's it's wireframe, mm. uh, and then all, the bottom section kind of moves like a a sound wave that you'd see in uh, on like a, an equalizer in a way. Yeah, kind of up and down or like something that you'd see kind of vector based. Uh, it looks. Almost kind of like there's an 80s-ness, like an 80s vector-based arcade about it, but it's much smoother. Mm. Uh, You and I before were joking about Winamp and we were going, oh, it looks exactly like the the visualization of the music from Winamp. Yeah. And we had a joke about that. And it turns out that's true. Like that was kind of what it was based (laughs) on. It was deliberate, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That's not a fluke. So it it looks good. It looks timeless, I Mm. think, in a way. Mm. And it really suits the flow of the music because trance music... At a lot of those trance, you know, concerts, yeah, has that yeah. kind of very striking, very, uh, you know, waveform rhythm that has kind of like neon poppy colours. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the uh, a lot of the the art style is going for a kind of a psychedelic dance party kind of vibe. Mm. Um, I think you're right. It definitely is trying to introduce some of that. Um, like the, the look of like really early computer graphics, like uh, vector graphics, um, wireframe animation. Like the early 3D that people were doing on computers in the 80s was often wireframe. And, and it just has this kind of retro look that I think is timeless. Mm. Um, the And it's also an abstract art style. So you're, the player character is kind of this like collection of cubes and, 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 and things that forms a, like a humanoid figure. Yeah. Um, and the enemies are just abstract. Like they're just like weird polygonal like flowers or like something that looks vaguely like a like, like a, a spaceship or spaceship yeah. kind of deal um but, but it doesn't matter kind yeah, of what they are it really doesn't matter at all no yeah there's 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 almost no story in the game at all you kind of enter a computer and find <clears throat> a disco ball at one stage yeah i think the idea is that it's meant to seem like you're hacking yeah um but then uh i think there's uh, i read on wikipedia that in that in an interview um the developer wanted the game to actually be some sort of metaphor for a sperm traveling up to meet a, to meet an egg actually which like I can kind of see that it's yeah. really weird so uh, the level progression is interesting so you mm. start out with like a basic rhythm and a basic beat mm. uh, and you know there's there's some there's some basic kind of sounds and then when you go into overdrive you go uh like you have to shoot a cube a couple of times and then go overdrive and you go into the next um, the next section, and mm. then you've got more rhythm, more bass, yeah, more beat, 
So as you get further and further and further in these stages, you hear more and more of the song. Yeah. Like all of all of like um, the sections are kind of getting put together. Yeah, the layers are sort of being all built on top of each other. Yeah. And it reaches that kind of crescendo um, where mm. you can hear sort of everything happening. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And what I really liked about the boss that we fought, like the big disco ball, is that mm. you have to fire all the mirrors and kind of destroy them. And when you're doing that, it goes... So kind of, it really adds to that, uh, like the crescendo of the music, mm. and it's something that you haven't done up until that point. Yeah. So it plays with the visuals and with the music at the same time, which is very clever, I think. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was that. From what I understand of the development of this game, that was very much the idea hmm. was to create a a game where the music and the visuals are, are very closely linked, and it's that idea of synesthesia. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. Um, where, you know, and it's this phenomenon that happens often to people who are, happen to be on LSD, <laughs> where um, uh, the sounds that you're hearing um, are also visualized. So if you're hearing someone, if you listen to someone playing a uh, guitar or something, you'll actually see colors and, and, and other sort of visual effects um, that sort of link up with the, the sound that you're hearing from the guitar. So the whole game is that, basically. Um, so instead of having sound effects like other games, it has music. Yeah. You know, uh, and all the sound effects that in a different game would be explosions or, you know, jumping sounds or whatever um, are, are music. In yeah. Games. I, I, and it works really yeah. well. Like I can see why it's it's a bit timeless because well, it is timeless because of the, the way it looks and the way it plays. You know, I yeah. think anyone can jump in and survive at least the first few stages. I'm not good at shooters because I don't like using like my, my least preferred method. Mm of shooting is using analog sticks on controllers. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like you literally found it easy to use the D-pad rather yeah. than the sticks. Yeah, I found the sticks a bit fiddly and squirrely for this game. Uh, yeah, so it's a very simple gameplay. Yeah. You're really just controlling a, a cursor. Yeah, a, um, basically. A, a crosshair. I kind of would like to do a... I think this game actually would work well with a motion-based... Yeah. Kind of system. Like, if it was on the Switch, I could imagine moving my Switch up and down and, like, you know, shooting the enemies like that. Even but, just uh, a Wiimote would be good. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that could that could know. be really good. It could be a good Switch game, but I don't mm. know whether, whether they'd even ever consider porting it. Yeah. Because they've made a VR... Um, they've made a VR for PlayStation. Yeah, it's a PlayStation VR game. Yeah. They re-released it. It's called Res Infinite. Mm. And it's, from what I understand, it's not that different to the original other than that they, you know, made the resolution better mm. and that it's in, in VR. Uh, that, um, apparently it's good. Like, it's yeah. gotten, gotten some really good good reviews. People have sort of said things like, you know, this is the way to play Res or this yeah. is the way Res always should have been played, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So it seems to be like the the perfection of the, the idea. So, um, so the creator of the game... Yeah, Tetsuya Mitsuguchi... Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yep. Um, he came up with this idea for this game. Um, he's already in game development um, and liked music and sound in games already. Uh, he had an experience where he went to a, uh, a dance party in Europe, of course, <laughs> the home of, of crazy dance parties. Um, I think it was in Zurich. Anyway, he went to this rave, basically, um, and it was a really powerful experience for him. And he wanted to kind of... He came up with this idea of a game that kind of replicates... The experience of moving from the periphery of a dance party um, uh, into the center of the dance floor, where the music is louder and the you know all the lights are flashing and everything, and and so that gradual motion from things being quieter um, and being, being louder, here, the basic sounds to when you can actually hear yeah. the layers and more intricate yeah. instrumental parts, and also yeah. just the way that a trance DJ will 
will gradually build things up to yeah. a crescendo. That's part of of the trance music sort of style is to you know you start with something simple and then you add more and more and more and more things onto it until it becomes this overwhelming sort of experience. Um, and that's what he tried to go for with this game. He did some research, quote unquote, <laughs> by going to a lot of raves, going to even Burning Man in the US wow. apparently, and all those experiences kind of fed into. I, I, I think product. it worked because yeah. it, this really, and um, during the sound test, assuming that we put the sound test at the start, mm. uh, I mentioned a bush doof. <laughs> yes. So bush doof is a phenomena. I don't know if you have it outside of Australia, mm. but basically what used to happen is that these DJs <clears throat> would like rent a farm or like a space outside of the city mm-hmm. where they could blast the music like really, really loud without like upsetting we, yeah, without and upsetting stuff like, anyone, and like yeah. really, really deep bass. Yes, and basically, uh, how you'd get to these things was odd. Like you had to call like a a one eight a one five hundred number or something <laughs> that's like costs you money to right. find out like the exact location of where this is. Yeah, and what people would do is they'd all crowd around each other, like they'd all meet, and then they'd they'd call, and this one guy would like write down. <laughs> And then they'd all like cheapen a couple of bucks because the calls were really expensive or something. Then you'd like drive out there. Right. I mean, this, these things still happen. In fact, I was looking in the paper just the other day. Yeah. Well, not a paper. I was looking online, but at the website for our local paper. <laughs> so, yeah, when I say looking at the paper, you know, this is 2018. Anyway, there was a story there um, about people in a farm nearby in Canberra. Mm-hmm. Um, out past the harbour, AC, near where I went camping and had to fight a kangaroo almost. <laughs> um, complaining about people having bush doofs out there <laughs> and how um, it's, uh, yeah, like, I don't know, bad for the community or something, you know, yeah, t- yeah, yeah. typical curmudgeonly oldies, you know. Yeah, like, oh, they, I don't want youngies out here enjoying music. I think um, they felt that the the one farm that seems to be getting used a lot for these mm. um, is not a suitable location because it's very remote and hard to get to. And if emergency services need to go, you know, for, to, for example, revive someone who's OD'd, perhaps, <laughs> that it might be difficult. Um, yeah, I could see that. But, I mean, that's part, I mean, part of the bush doof thing. Yeah. And, like, let's be clear, this is really is part of it, is to go and have take drugs far away from the, you know, the frowning eyes and the wagging fingers of society, you know. Um, that, that is exactly why it's held in the bush as well. Yeah. Like, so you can, like, have a, you can trip balls without, like, someone calling the cops on you, basically. Yeah. Um, but then the problem is the cops usually find out about these things sooner or later and turn up and then start drug testing everyone and searching everyone's bags and, yeah. you know. So, you know, I mean, these well, sorts of things probably happen overseas as well. I'm sure they do. Like, yeah. it's not a uniquely Australian thing. It's just Australia has more space where you can go outside yes. and do Like, we've... I've been, we, you and I have been to some of these, like oh, yeah. at the Yarralumla Woolshed. I mm-hmm. think we've been to a couple of. There's, yeah, there's been times. Yeah, um, we've been out to places like that. Uh, yeah. When we were in college and university. It's and been stuff. a very long time, probably half my lifetime since I've been to one of those yes, things. But, exactly. Like, yeah. it has literally been about 18 years since yeah. I've been to one of those things. But uh, yeah, all right. Well, that's kind of the game, basically. We Would can you, talk more about it. But. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've, I had fun playing it. Would you recommend this game? Oh, look. Mm, Okay, so I'm not a dance music guy, really. Yeah. Um, so I can't really speak about whether the music of the game is is up my alley or not, because like I'm not really prepared. I'm not really like the best person to criticize it, but it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, you know. Um, but I can. It seems good. It's okay. You know, um, for what it is. Um, so if you're into that kind of music, you might like it. Um, if you're the kind of person that enjoys Winamp visualizations and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, then then you might enjoy it too. It seems to be it's a very sensory experience, very sensual. Like yeah. it's the visuals and the music. It's not a game that you think about. It's a game that you feel and you kind of like absorb it through your eyes and through your ears. 
Um, so if you're kind of that kind of person that just wants something that switch your brain off and be overwhelmed by this sort of sensory experience, um, then you could enjoy the game a lot as well. For me personally, it's not my style. Yeah. Um, so uh, I find it hard to recommend because it's just not a Rob game. Well, that's you, fair enough. And if people yeah. want my recommendation, it's because they they like the kind of games I like. Mm. So I can't really give it a glowing recommendation, but it seems to be like doing what it does quite well. It set out to do a thing and it's doing that thing good. So yeah, I think it's a successful game, just not really my kind of game. Yeah. Uh, what about UAC? Where do you uh, where do you land on this one? So this is interesting because I've sought after this game for quite a while, mm. uh, for several years actually. I'm a very patient man, but in the end, I just went, ah, oh, just buy it off eBay. <laughs> it's kind of like the last the last refuge of the damned. But I'm glad I did. I'm glad I got the vibrator version. <laughs> Just because it's such a weird novelty that you don't need. You do not need that version because the the controller vibrates as well. Yeah. So having this other vibrator, I mean, you could possibly have it around your neck, I suppose, if you wanted to. Well, you, what you could do <laughs> is you could you could put it on your head and then, like, wear a hat over the top or something. Right. Yep. That would be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be really that weird. That would feel really strange, actually. I could. I kind of want to try it now just to... <laughs> Just to see what happens. Does the instructions have any guidance? No, I read them. I looked and it says, it, it's got like a warranty card for said sex toy. And it's like, you're, what? And like, there's nothing like place the vibrator oh, here. Look, I read through them and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it. Like, <laughs> so I'm going to have to read it again. Like nothing in the box that the vibrator came in mentioned it. It's just such a weird thing. It really is. Uh, <laughs> and like, you can get this game several ways these days. Uh, and honestly, uh, like I don't seek out trance music, mm. but that doesn't, I don't mind it. Like, mm. it, but it has to be in the right setting. Like, it has to be a, like a bush dwarf or like, um, like I used to experience those things when I went to like the dance parties at university and stuff like that. Yeah, and I, I'd have fun at those. Um, but it's after it's over, mm. I never seek out any of the music. Like, it's not something that I have a, a deep affection for. I just don't think about it. It's very mindless. Like, you aren't putting on a CD of trance music and, like, listening to it in your house kind of thing. Absolutely not. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. So. All aqua all the time. <laughs> CD. That makes me feel so old. MP- <laughs> You're not downloading an MP3 or a Spotify list or something, right? There you go. I don't own Spotify. My relevance has been restored. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, but that being said, if you have access to this game, I would recommend playing it once. Mm-hmm. Just because it's an experience. And as Rob says, it's a bit mindless. You don't have to think about it. Mm. You can kind of actually sit there and zone it. Uh, when you're like zoning, like you, you just kind of switch your brain off and try and yeah. get into that automatic stage where you just kind of go do, do, flow do, state. Do. Like yeah, or yeah. Whatever. yeah. So I would, if you have a mate that has it, if you have access to it, if like they use PSVR, if you actually have one of those, I would actually recommend giving it a go once. Because okay. I just think it's a bit of fun. It's something that you can experience and say, hey, yeah, I've played Res. Res is Res. Is Res. <laughs> because I, I think it's, I, you know, I'm sure there are other games like this, but this mm. game did it in a unique way first, I think, or, you know. Yeah, definitely noteworthy. Yeah, um, definitely. People thought it was unique at the time. So, yeah, that's Res. Uh, let's move on to our Game Life Talk segment. Get yourselves to a bush doof. So, Rob, have you been playing any more of Horizon Zero Dawn? I have not, AC. <laughs> I have not. That game has been languishing. It's it's a worry for me, actually, because I enjoy the game when I'm playing it. Yeah. But then when I turn it off, I don't think about it much. And I, I've heard other people say similar things about that game. Yeah. I don't I, know why it's not grabbing me. It's not it's not hooking me. It's a good game, yeah. but if it, if it doesn't... 
like that's what I found with that game. Like, because yeah. I played it a little bit as well. And yeah. I just like it was fun, and I, I really enjoyed the story. But I just didn't get into it enough to keep wanting to actually play the game itself. Yeah, I think I'm um, I'm having this uh, issue where it's not inspiring me to come back to it. Yeah. Um, when I do turn it on, though, I really enjoy it. So it's just a matter of flicking the switch on the PlayStation. So it's the inertia of the project. Yeah, in some ways, and I do feel this weird. Um, What's the word? Like pressure almost now that I've started it to see it through. Mm. You know, that kind of like that almost like fatherly voice in you that's like, you ought to be playing the game now. Why aren't you doing it? You know, um, the sort of the should of voice, if you like. Yeah. yeah. Um, what you should be doing. Um, and I tend to rebel against that in some ways. So um, there's been a lot going on in my life recently with um, my daughter being very ill, which has... Um, she's better now, but she had a, quite a bad illness the last couple of weeks, um, which actually hit me really hard. I think, you know, just noted, like realizing that, you know, she's like vulnerable and little and, you know, can get badly sick and stuff um, impacted me a lot. Yeah. Uh, and when I'm going through periods of crisis, as many gamers do, you tend to turn back to your video game comfort food, you know, that warm, snuggly blanket game that. That just Tetris like, or that Super Mario World or... Yeah, yeah, a game that you're like, oh, yeah, this. And, you know, you've played it a bunch before, but it, it's nice and pleasant to just go back to it. So what game did you uh, play? So I've been playing Rome Total War again. Of course you have. That's my that's my video game that, comfort yeah, food, yeah, you know? Yeah. I mean, do it was you either going to be that or yeah. Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, I, partly inspired by... I, re- I just recently finished reading a book about the Roman army. So I sort of felt like... You know, I'm kind of like in the in the mood to to play a bit of that that game again. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I, do you have a video game comfort food that you go to when you're you know when you need a like the equivalent of a, a snuggly blanket? Type uh, of I've, got, I've got a few. Yeah, uh, handheld would be Tetris. Okay. Because, you know, all the pieces fit together and then it, it, it all piles on top of each other and then you die just like in real life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, man, that's a depressing metaphor. <laughs> uh, and Super Mario World was my go-to game a lot of the time. Mm. Sometimes I feel like I really should be playing games. Like yeah. sometimes like on a Friday night, but I'm really tired and I don't really know what to play. Uh, I've got the Retro Freak set up in the living room at the moment. Was playing some um, uh, some Castlevania Four, Super Castlevania, right? Uh, for the Super Famicom, and again, I just got through first part of the level and just went, no, I just don't feel like playing this now. And mm-hmm. uh, so, what I actually turn to a lot is. Um, uh, Broforce right. on the PC, yeah, because it's very mindless. It's very fun. It's you know destructible environments. You know, killing terrorists. Very you know like pixelated stereotypical terrorists. Mm. And I don't know. It's just it's it's very mindless, and I can just kind of go, yeah, this is fun. This is this is that's very much comfort food for me. I think. Yeah, I think most gamers have that that one or two games that they're like you know they keep going back to, and especially when. Uh, they want to play a game, but they don't want to have to like learn something new or like you know work too hard at something. It's just yeah. like okay, I'll do this again because this is this is like a good sort of piece of fat to chew on or something like that. So yeah, that's that's been my gaming. Um, been enjoying Rome Total War again. <laughs> uh, I, hey, I if it's what you enjoy, it's what you enjoy. Yeah, you know? I do need to keep playing Horizon. Um, I do I do enjoy the game. There's nothing wrong with it, except that it's not hooking me. You know. It's a weird one. Yeah, it is a bit strange. Yeah. I, I've heard so many people say that about that game. Yeah. It makes me 
interested in the phenomenon of it being a good good game and you mm. people enjoying it, but as soon as it's off, it's like completely out of mind. Like, yeah. I'm interested in exploring more of the world, I think, and seeing more weird dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, there was a cool, like, there's a really huge, like, walking dinosaur thing that I, that I came across. Um, it's like, almost like a radar dish. And you have to climb all the way up to the top of it and then you like hack it. And like when you get up the top, it's it's like the size of um oh well, you know, in Canberra would be like Telstra Tower. But imagine whatever your whatever your city's like tallest building that they, that they built for tourist purposes is. <laughs> and it's you know, it feels like you're climbing something very, very big and wow. that's fun. So yeah, yeah. more weird dinosaurs would keep me interested, I guess. But I don't know, I'll, I'll probably check it out a bit more in the next couple of weeks. Um, in between all my essays and, and, and stuff like that. But we've been playing other games, um, AC. Yeah, we've been doing a whole bunch of stuff recently that's not the podcast. So yeah. this sounds a bit weird, but um, <laughs> so one of the, like, we do the podcast for you, our darling listeners. Yes, who we love. Deeply. We, yes, like, kind of tolerate. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Rob and I, uh, one of the reasons we do the podcast is so we. It's almost like kind of forced social interaction between each other because mm, mm. we're both lazy people when it comes <laughs> to catching up with each other. So yeah. this kind of forces us to get together and play games and do the podcast. Mm. But a lot of the time, that's all we do. Yeah. Like for a long time, it's just like, um, oh, we've got to do the podcast. Oh, it's just the podcast. We play the game for like an hour together mm. and, you know, often a bit more, you know, individually. And then we do the podcast and then either Rob or I say, oh, man, I've got to get going. Yeah. And so that's kind of like the podcast became our whole social interaction. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago, you kind of said, let's do something different. Let's like do something that's not shop, basically. Mm. Let's not talk shop. Let's just do something social and something fun between yeah. us. So because we've both got a bit of time at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the first thing we did was uh, Rob had the hankering. Mm-hmm, to play mm-hmm. some Master System games. Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know what inspired me, uh, but I think we we're talking about Master System games or something came up. Um, and I was like, you know what? It'd be fun just to play a whole bunch of games because that was the system that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, I can't stress this enough. We've probably covered it you know, ad nauseum in other episodes, but um, while the rest of the world, ha- um, people in our age bracket have a very strong childhood memory of the NES... Um, we do not. Our strong childhood memories are of the Sega Master System because we live in Australia, um, which is a bit of a you know upside down country in so many ways. Um, and one of the things that makes us different to America is that the NES, while it was popular out here, was pretty much the second like the runner up to the Master System. Um, it was like I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong, the NES is a better system oh, simply yeah. because it has better games. I'm not saying it's it's better or worse, but it's certainly the Mars system was more popular. At it, least at least where we were growing up it was. So. It certainly was. Yeah. And and the other thing is that um like we lived in a middle class but perhaps slightly lower middle class area in Canberra. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone had an NES, they were like the rich kid. Yeah. And you beat up the rich kid. <laughs> well, my friend Gordon had one and his family were definitely not rich. Mm. Um, but it was like weird. It was like, it, oh, it, you, got a, you, got an, you got a Nintendo. I think okay. it had like, I, yeah. in, in my mind, mm. uh, the kid who had an NES was the same kid who had a television in their room. Right. Which was unheard of. Like, I was not allowed to have a tele- television in my room until I was married. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, um, so for us, the Master System fulfills that place. Like, we have a lot of fond memories of playing those old mm. games, and I wanted to kind of have a nostalgia type of night, you know? So, 
Uh, knowing that AC has a pretty large collection of, of I do indeed, games. actually. Um, I, it's 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 pretty sizable. Yeah. Uh, so we dug out a whole bunch of titles. We yeah. just kind of went shelf by shelf, and we picked out some of the more slightly obscure ones. So we didn't go Sonic. No. Because we've we've played. You know, we played the hell out of Sonic. We didn't play any Alex Kid games because we've played the hell out of all of those. Yeah, we mainly stuck to games that we like to the roads less traveled, the games less often played. Um, which was interesting because it it was kind of exploring like the back catalog of the the Master System. Um, turns out there's a lot of like not particularly great games on that system. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say that half the night was spent like playing stuff that was was pretty fun, hmm. and the other half was spent going like, mm, "This ain't this ain't so good." <laughs> Think of like. I'd, I'd go, oh, I remember that game from when I was a kid. And we'd chuck it in and we'd be like, oh, this wasn't, this isn't that good. <laughs> we, we tried to play so. kind of the full gamont of kind of the different sorts of games that you could play on that system. Yeah. Uh, there are a whole bunch of games we played that would have been really good as uh, light phaser games, like the light gun games. Yeah. But they weren't light gun games. Like, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't compatible. It's like, what were you thinking? So you have to control this cursor. It's sort of like Resi game. You have to control the cursor with a D-pad. Yeah. Um, kind of shitty. And you're just like, this This is a shooting gallery game. Why Why is this not a light gun game? Yeah, we found uh, one game that which was a light phaser game. Yeah. And which is kind of like a, like a poor version of Duck Hunt. Really. A very poor version, yeah. It just yeah. didn't have the character. Like The light phaser looks cooler than the zapper because mm. it's based off um, a gun from Zillion. Yes, the uh, the anime. The, uh, well, it or was, was it a manga? No, it was... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You're making fun of my, pronun- my correct no, pronunciation. Actually, you, you don't pronounce it that way. It's more like highfalutin. Manga. It's, yeah. You, it's a manga. The man who lived manga. in Japan yeah. for eight years just calls it manga. Yeah, manga. <laughs> So or anime. Get, get off your high horse, nerds. Yeah. Anyway, I can actually speak Japanese. <laughs> anyway, although it's very funny when, when I say, "Oh, oh, sorry, on there, anime waski <laughs> desne." <laughs> Stands uh, out a bit. Yeah, it does. Uh, uh, so we played. Uh, I'm just going to go through some of the games we played here. We played Wanted Vig- and Vigilante, um, yeah. both of which would have been better. Uh, as light gun games, yeah, definitely. Um, Taito Chase HQ, which yeah. which we it took us a little while to realize that there was more than one gear. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah, it's slightly more complex than you'd expect, so we had trouble with the controls. I expect that the uh, arcade version of that game is much much better than the uh, the Master mm. System version. But it was not bad. It's not a it's yeah. not the worst version. It's very flickery though. It was still fun, you know. Yeah. You run like chasing down first degree murderers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are a lot of murderers in that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Submarine Attack, which Rob really wanted to play. Yeah, that's like a 2D, like a horizontal shooter. I, I remember quite enjoying, but um, it was one of those ones where... Actually quite difficult. Yeah, going back to it, you're like, ooh, did mm. I really like this that much? Um, yeah, it's funny how your childhood memories don't necessarily you know, hold up. Strider. Strider is, you know, it's Strider. Not, it's, a, not a particularly good version of it Strider. It is a probably the worst version of Strider. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I have uh, a PAL NTSC switch, like I modded my console. NTSC runs like about 16% faster than PAL. Mm. And Strider, the mm. graphics aren't bad, but it's so slow. Like yeah. It is such a slow game for a guy who's meant to be whipping around and yeah. like, doing jump kicks and like, you know, pulling out his sword and stuff. And his jump is like four frames of animation and you can sit there and count every single one every yeah. single time and to be clear that's with ntsc turned on so even yeah at the higher frame rate it still is very very slow it's insufferable otherwise yeah. um shooting gallery which we've talked about poor man's version of duck hunt really yeah it wasn't too bad but yes yeah, no character yeah exactly 
Uh, what else did we play? Oh, we played... Um, Sagai, I think it's called. Yeah, Sagai, which is a Darius game. Yeah, effectively. basically Darius, right? Mm. That was, yeah, that was okay. Horizontal shooter. Just as annoyingly hard as Darius. Yeah, so. it's fun though. I did I did actually have a bit of fun playing that game, but it is it is difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, we played Rustin. Yeah, Rustin. the uh, Taito. Which is kind of like a... I mean, that, that's a port of an arcade game. Um, Quite a popular arcade game too. It's, yeah. I'm it's an sure. action action platformer. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I feel like the Master System version is not the right one to play. No. Um, but, you know, again, I remember playing that game as a kid and thinking it was pretty cool, but mm, maybe it doesn't hold up so well. Uh, Psychic World we played, AC. Um, we did. We only got... Like we didn't get past the first level because no, we didn't know what the hell to do. It's a bit hard. Like it controls yeah. pretty well, and they've sacrificed a lot of screen room for the HUD mm. to make it run faster. Obviously, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was. It's an okay kind of platformer, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, let's see. We played um, Laser Ghost, which we didn't get because apparently it's compatible mm. with the light gun except the light gun wasn't working on that game and the character just kind of moves left and right and gets stuck in a room and that's it yeah so we didn't get very like, far laser ghost sounds cool yeah turns out it's shit house like it, it doesn't explain anything um what else do we play uh played Kensiden. yeah Kensiden. what did you think of that look i remember really liking that game as a kid mm. um this is it's a platformer where you play a samurai and kind of like a mythology mythologized sort of medieval japan fighting demons and stuff like that. Mm. Um, not a super amazing game, but, like, you know, sort of a solid 7 out of 10, you know? Um, yeah. Not, not terrible, you know? <laughs> I, I, I'm kind yeah. of hard-pressed to think of games that do get a 10 out of 10 on the Master System yeah, sometimes. There, there ain't many. Um, well, Galaxy Force we played. Yeah. I can barely remember that one. It's just kind no. of a shooter, really. Yeah, oh. I can't remember that one. Um, we played a couple more. We did. Uh, we skipped a lot of games that we were familiar with, like Bubble Bubble and uh, California Games, which we've talked about before on the show. Uh, Alien Storm. Did we play that? We AC? did play Alien Storm. And yes. It, it, it kind of changes track halfway through the game. Like, it's kind of like a, a shooter. Like, a you're a, a very slow kind of brawler, almost. It's almost like a brawler with guns or something. Yeah. And then you suddenly <laughs> kind of go into a shooting gallery. And yeah. then you have to move the crosshair, like, with the D-pad, and that doesn't work so well. No. Bomber Raid, which is a vertical shooter. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Yeah, I actually quite liked that game. Like, you got pretty far in that game. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, you had some good power-ups. I think we played Batman, didn't we? Yeah, Batman Returns is probably one of my favourite games. It's yeah. a really, really hard game, but it's actually quite good. And you can choose alternate paths. Mm. Yeah, it has that, uh, like, a swinging mechanic with your... Um what, do you, what what's it called? All I can think of is the word batarang, which is not right. But the you know like the grapple the, hook, the grapple hook thing. Yeah, you can swing from platforms with that, which mm. is sort of like a unique mechanic for the game. I'd uh, say that the worst game we played, and I'll mention this last, was actually Back to the Future Two. Mm. So all the Back to the Future <laughs> games are shit house. In case you didn't know. <laughs> uh, the Telltale one is is probably the best of the bunch. Um, mm. But of the retro games, none of them are good. Mm. And this is by Imageworks. And it's kind of like an isometric, almost like looks like a brawler. You're Marty on a hoverboard. Yeah. You've got a... <laughs> you don't really have an attack or it's like the weakest attack ever. And you've got to mm. avoid everything. But then people start chasing you. And even if you like go up on a bump, like on the gutter, yeah. despite the fact you're being in a hoverboard, you get hurt. Yeah. 
so it's very frustrating yeah yeah and then when you start going vertically up a street yeah um like the character's perspective doesn't really change so he's still kind of like on this weird ass angle just like going up the street yeah it's an example of like just a really broken isometric viewpoint yeah it's like the perspective just really throws you off constantly um and it's just not very inspired they were just like uh throw a bunch of enemies that are vaguely like characters from this movie at you and they just run at you and i've never seen the second level of that game because it's just so unplayable Mm. which is such a shame because i love back to the future yep so we did play one final master system game today yeah which is zaxon uh 3d yeah so do you want to talk about the peripheral yeah so you see um you have a a very weird peripheral for the (laughs) the sega master system which is the 3d glasses yeah and this was something that when I was a kid, I would see it on the back of the box of my of my Master System, and you know I'd read about it in in magazines and um, pamphlets and stuff like that. Because as a kid, you spend way more time reading about things you don't have yeah. and imagining how cool they'd be than actually enjoying the stuff you have. You know, <laughs> um, so I I never actually as a kid encountered anyone who owned one of these three D glasses. So I always was you know in the dark about whether it was actually any good or not. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, you, you you have a pair of 3D glasses. So, and I a- bought a broken pair yeah. of of these glasses. Like, when I say broken, it works, but the hinge, because the hinges were very, very weak. Mm. So, what I did was actually drilled little holes in the side of, like, the broken ar- arm of the glasses and the side of the glasses and put... Um, like wire through it so you can't close them but it's held on there very tightly yeah so they work uh it's uh, that 3d technology that's still basically the same as 3d Mm. um where the glasses kind of go black and like they have a a filter that keeps popping in which meant to be in time with the game to give it a like a stereoscopic effect yeah Uh, whereas like you have glasses nowadays when you go to the cinema which is like one has like a, a, a film one direction, the other has a film in like horizontal and vertical, something like that. Right. Whereas this one, and and then what most of it happens on the screen, but this is like half the screen is like two separate images. Yeah. And half of it's the glasses. Yeah, and the glasses kind of like sync up with the, the flickering on the screen, if you like, yeah. to kind of like combine the two. Um, it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, the thing is that you can only use this peripheral with the Master System 1 because it requires mm. the card slot. The card slot wasn't present in the Master System right. 2. Right, that probably explains why none of my friends had one because yeah. we all had Master System 2. Exactly, that was the cheaper version. Yeah. So we um, we played it. The 3D didn't work so well and I can't... It was a like Zaxxon is a, like a, a vertical shooter. Yeah. But you can't really see where you're shooting because the 3D doesn't work so well. I don't know if the glasses are broken or if it was always that shitty. Yeah. It's so hard to tell. Yeah. What, what, I found it less than ideal as well. Mm. And I wasn't sure whether the glasses weren't working properly or not. I mean, I found that when you fo- when I focused my eyes, like if I really made an effort to look at, like, for example, one object, like my ship or an enemy ship, um, you could see the 3D effect quite well, mm, mm. but you had to kind of like really make an effort to to like sort of take control of your eyes and focus them, almost like a like a magic eye where you have to put in a bit of work. Yeah, um, it is kind of like that. It's so you know I'm used to the th- I'm used to like the 3DS where you know the 3D just comes out, it just leaps out at you. Mm. You don't have to make any effort to see it. This was like like a weird mental effort. So 
Yeah, I just mm, it's a bit subpar. It is, uh, and I got to say that all of the like there weren't many games that were released, and mm. these games don't have a three D on and off function. They just are for 3D glasses only. Yeah. So it's very rare to see them in the wild because not many people bought them. Yeah. Uh, other two examples are Space Harrier, I think was one of the 3D games. Yeah. And Outrun. So Seeker Properties. They're, they're like the two, along with Zaxxon, that I just can uh, recall off the top of my head. Okay. Um, so other than that, uh, we did actually get together the other night as well for pizza. Yeah, that's right. Uh, came around um, just to hang out on a school night. We had pizzas. We um, watched some Let's Play stuff. Um, and then we um, played some games as well, didn't we? What did we play? I can't even remember now. Yeah, it was such a casual night that I wasn't really concentrating on much. You just We were just kind of hanging out. Oh, you know? did we play... Um we played that Japanese, that Famicom game. Yes, we yeah. did. We played YY World yes. 2 uh, for the Famicom. So I had a stack of Famicom games that I wanted to show Rob. And since I had the Retro Freak out in the living room, mm. I decided to just show Rob some of them. We played Adventure Island 2 yeah, that was uh, cool, with Master actually. Higgins. Yeah. It was like an improvement of Adventure Def- Island Wonder, Wonder, the original Wonder Boy, effectively. Yeah, definitely. I've played a lot of Wonder Boy uh, in, over the years, and I never really liked it very much. <laughs> Adventure Island 2 was cool because it's like they've taken that concept a bit further and iterated on it, and it's a big improvement. It is. It's, uh, a, it's, a, it's a much better game than the first one. Totally. So, you yeah. can ride a dinosaur as well. Yeah, I, I really quite enjoyed that, actually. Hmm. Uh, but YY World 2 is um, was a really fun game. It's kind of like an auto-scrolling where you can have two characters on screen at the same time. It's a platformer, mm-hmm. and it's got a whole bunch of um, Konami characters. Yeah, it's kind of one of those... Um, you see this more in Japan than anywhere else. Is like a, they, they pull a bunch of characters together um, and just chuck them in a big melting pot and go, right, here's a game where here's all your favorite fandom stuff. You yeah. Know, um, and uh, they usually don't come out in the West because of like licensing issues and things like that. Um, I think I think my, my friend like Simon sh- Belmont was in there, yeah. and um, I th- there was like a samurai guy. There was the baby from like a Famicom Disk System game. <laughs> that baby's awesome. Yeah, the baby just has like a little bottle. If you cha- accidentally change into the baby, it's like it's like oh, I don't want to be the baby. But the baby bottle is like really like powerful for hitting enemies. Yeah, and like when they jump, it's like a really weird animation. It's very funny to watch yeah. because he crawls. Yeah, and and so when you're platforming as the baby, he's like leaping kind of like almost like a like a quadruped you know yeah, like yeah. an animal kind of like it's very <laughs> it's funny kind of, it's kind of cute yeah yeah uh, so i had a lot of fun playing that game and it is it is kind of better with two players i think we got kind of far because i had like a shooter stage yeah i feel like we should have safe stated and, and kept going with it yeah um because there's a lot to it yeah it's suddenly the game changes into a, into twin b halfway through it's such a weird thing. Yeah, it, it, it is yeah. a whole bunch of Konami properties kind of just all mashed together. Yeah, yeah. So a legal Chibi nightmare. style, yeah. Yes, Chibi as well. It's fascinating. We also played that Chibi final fight. Oh, yeah. So I, yeah. I did actually get my hands on a what is considered rare in on, off for the NES, mm. but is pretty common in Japan. I picked it up for 10 bucks, 1,000 yen, which was a Mighty Final Fight. Yeah. Which is a... Uh, just basically like a chibi version mm-hmm. of Final Fight for the uh, for the eight bit systems. Yeah, and actually, I I mean, AC kind of front loaded me by saying, "Look, don't don't get your hopes up. This isn't that great a game." Um, so I set the bar quite low. <laughs> uh, I'm a massive Final Fight fan, to be clear. Um, so I was like, "Oh god, this is probably a real travesty." 
But I actually was pleasantly surprised by how unterrible it was. Like, it's not a great game, but it like it could be a lot worse. And there's definitely a lot worse beat-em-ups out there on the eight, on 8-bit systems than this it's one. It's kind of like a, a much better version of Double Dragon for the NES. Because yeah. Double Dragon for the NES, the first one kind of sucked. Yes, I say this game compares very favorably with 8-bit versions of Double Dragon. Like yeah. the Master System Double Dragon, for example. This is a mighty final fight, much better. Yeah. Um... The backgrounds are quite nice. It still has that 80s gritty street punk vibe to it that I like. It is a parody. Yes. Like, it is is more or less like the story is a parody of what happens in Final Fight. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can be Mayor Mike Hagar and and you can pile drive people. So, But you you can still only play one player. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. But still, that was pretty cool. Hmm. Yeah. It was, a, it was a fun game. And um, last night we went out as well. So we, we did. Had, we socialized three times in the last uh, in the last fortnight. I um, think the idea is we should be socializing with other people, but you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, people suck, though, don't <laughs> yeah, they? Yeah, they do. Especially you, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we went out. We went to a little sort of burger and beers type of joint um, in Canberra called Grease Monkey. It was quite good. The food there was... Yeah, it was pricey, but good. Yeah, it you was... Know. Uh, I, I had a lot of fun there. So mm. we went with your brother and his friend, actually. Yeah, who I remember from from school. Um, so it was this weird sort of like uh, like reunion, in a way, for me and him. Because I hadn't seen the guy for a, like a long time. Wow, I don't remember that guy at all. Yeah, oh no, he went to my brother's school. So oh, okay. you, you wouldn't have yeah. you wouldn't have known him. Um, yeah, that was cool. You know, talking about his like his wife and stuff. We're all growing up. You know what I mean? It's, it's we've all, all got families. And, yeah. yeah. So that that was that was fun. But the food was nice. It was nice to go out and have a few drinks, a few drinky poos. No, we did indeed. Um, talked to a, a very drunk young man at the oh, bus stop. Oh yeah, that was awkward. We won't go into that too much, but um, you yeah, know, that, a troubled young man. I think I handled that pretty well. I think you handled it incredibly well. A lot yeah. better than I would have handled it, which was don't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it was a good night out. It's it's fun to go out and 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 do stuff um i feel i feel this weird urge now that i'm like single to go out yeah but i don't like going out <laughs> but last night was fun you know so i enjoyed it. i think i think for me it needs to be the right circumstance and the right vibe yeah um like i don't think i'll ever go to a nightclub ever again ever because i never liked them and now i'm too old to go as well so yeah whole, you don't, you don't want to be that creepy mid-30s guy yeah. who's like trying to rock a pair of Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what the young kids wear. Like a, I was going to say a know. boob tube or hot pants <laughs> or something. Tube, and it's yeah. like, no, no, Andrew, those things were from the 90s. And they're for, you are an old man. Typically for women as well. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, there's no judgment here, but if you want to wear a boob tube, that's your choice. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it's an interesting conundrum to be in your mid-30s and suddenly single and trying to figure out what your nightlife is going to be like, you know, if, you, if, if you're even going to have nightlife yeah, to begin yeah. with. Which I'm not sure that I will, but last night was was fun. So, oh, that's good. Like, yeah. I, I think uh, like there was a downpour. Like, I got there mm. early. Yes, uh, because I didn't want to drive. I never drink and drive, uh, so I just caught the bus in, mm-hmm. and it was this weird sort of like I, I, I knew you guys were probably going to be a bit late because you're always late. Yeah, and we were, um, <laughs> and you were, and I ended up going to this 80s bar called 88 Miles an Hour in the city. Mm. I was. Fun, but it was empty, and I was drinking by myself. Mm, mm. So I had like a, a like a, a a Japanese. I think they they called it a um uh, like a Japanese martini, which okay. was exa- almost exactly the same as a normal vodka martini, except slightly pink. Okay, uh, and you know they had like big neon lights and like flashing f- like nothing but eighties music and flashing floors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, so, you know, like mm-hmm. lights on the floors. And uh, a lot of the people there were quite young Mm. and like they were going, oh, this is your first time through, isn't it? 
and I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, what do you think? And I go, well, I actually lived through the 80s. <laughs> yeah. And they say, what do you think? It's, you, you'd say, I wouldn't say it's a fair representation. Like an exaggerated version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's, a, uh, it's a rose-coloured glasses of what the 80s were like. You know, yeah. there were certainly elements of what the 80s were, were like, mm. I suppose. And there was even like elements of the Japanese 80s. Right. In there as well. And they had arcade machines and a couple of pinball machines there as well, which was really cool. Cool. Uh, so I wouldn't mind going there, but with friends. Like, I'd yeah. rather go there with friends Maybe. rather than just having a drink by myself while I was waiting for everyone else at another bar. Maybe next time we go out, say, see, in the next, like, you know, decade, we'll, <laughs> we'll go to that place if it's yeah. still open. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, it started raining last night really, really heavily, mm. which sucked because, like, oh, between the 80s bar and the, the Grease Monkey, it was just a torrential downpour, and I just got drenched. Yeah, it sucked actually because I I turned up. I think my bus arrived just after it had finished raining. Yeah, so I just like you know skipped merrily to the to the <laughs> uh, literally um, to the burger place. Um, you know, dry as a bone, and AC's standing out the front, like sort of looking a bit bedraggled. But, yeah, um, it's like oh Rob's fault. I hate Rob so much. Yeah. But it, it was a good night in the end. Like I'm, I'm glad that I went out because this is my. Probably going to be my last kind of night where I can do that sort of stuff because Maria and May are going to be home. Yeah, they're finally coming back. Yeah. Because uh, they had to stay on AC, didn't they? They did. So the reason they had to stay on was a, uh, a kind of a, like a Japanese family tradition or Shinto tradition where after the funeral, um, the urn with, the, you know, the... the um, the cremated remains are in the house in like a shrine. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you give, um, there's like a big photo there and like lots of flowers. And then you cook the food that that person really liked, which for Terrico was everything, <laughs> especially chocolate and stuff like that. So you'd, right. you'd make this food and then you'd always set aside a little bit for her. And then you'd put it like on her shrine. Sure. So the 49th day is 49 days after she dies, although it doesn't, have to literally be 49 days i think it's like that was an old tradition that it should what they do is they remove her from the house one last time Mm. and inter her in um the bocce the grave the graveyard okay uh, which is like a big stone monolith where my father-in-law is interred it's as like well. It's like a family. Yeah, yeah, it's a family. Like that's a mausoleum type of deal. Oh, uh, not quite a mausoleum, but it's but it's, it's like elaborate, but like a place where many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, it's like a big stone, and there is a place where you can put the urns. Sure, um, that's what I meant more with like it's a collective thing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a collective thing uh, with like you know it's got engraved and it's pretty ornate. It's got like the Yoshimura Kanon, like the family symbol there. Uh, I mean, that's where I'm going to end up. That's where you know. As a Yoshimura, that's where I'm going to be one day, I, mm. I would imagine. So, you know, it's, it's humbling, but also oh, I'm not sure about that space that they'll have left in there for me. <laughs> Playing on packing on a few more pounds. <laughs> You're a big boned man. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll be too big and they'll just have to bring me back to life. <laughs> gunning for that too big cremation remains move. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that when you're cremated, there's, you know, we're, we all... If you're cremated enough, we're all going to be the same size ash. Yeah. So, um, basically, Maria had to stay there for that, which was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think she's going to be heading back soon. But, you know, I, I think yesterday was probably a bit emotional, of mm. course, it would be. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of when they pack up the shrine. And we, we have, like, a little mini photo 
which we give offerings to at home as well, mm. uh, and that she's going to bring one of those back with her. And for the rest of the year, we can't... It's kind of difficult to explain, but you can't have a good time and you can't celebrate anything too much. Right. There's still like a, like a sort of a mourning period. Yes. Until yeah. New Year's or for like a year, basically. So the next, mm, okay. next New Year's in Japan, uh, usually you send out um, New Year's cards. They're like Christmas cards, but you send them out to everyone. Mm. And, you know, like, oh, happy New Year's. This is, you can leave a message or like, this is what I've been up to or just a nice picture. Mm-hmm. And when somebody has passed away, you don't do that. Ah. But it's the weird thing is that you still send out cards saying, I am not sending out cards this year. <laughs> so it's this. And Postal I, service keeps going. Yeah. I kind of, I, get, I keep getting in trouble, like pointing this out. Yeah. Like, you know, the irony is like, we know the irony, Andrew. Yeah. Shut up. Don't judge our culture. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Like you're still sending out. I don't be quiet. It's, it's not too far from being like, why don't you guys use forks? It's just yeah, like, it's like that level of like criticizing someone else's culture. <laughs> so yeah. it is like, so you know, we can't go out and have like a really big extravagant like birthday or like big overseas trip or anything like that because I think for the for, for a year we're going to be in mourning for sure. a close family relative. Okay. And that's that's kind of the way it goes. So I suppose mm. that's the last part of the funeral now, the 49-day things. And then after one year, I suppose that's when it will be kind of... The period of mourning will be officially finished, I guess. And right. That's just the way it goes in, in Shinto culture. So, yeah, I've, uh, that's kind of my life. I'm just looking forward to having them back. Yeah, that'll be good. I think it'll be very good for your sanity. It will be, yes. Uh, yeah, have, having the... Uh, and the house will feel more sort of you know like lively i guess yeah um, definitely so yeah for all those reasons and more it'll be good to see uh, maria as well just to say hi for me so yeah um yeah looking forward to that and we've got a quiz we do all right ac it is the music special <laughs> i've just decided that's what this episode is going to be called uh the music not, not special. wolfcock no no not not wolfcock manor um <laughs> Come on, Wolfcock Manor sounds so cool. Music special, a.k.a. Wolfcock Manor. Um, (laughs) So, you know, in keeping with our vague theme that I just came up with of musical uh, games, we're going to be doing a quiz that uh, is a hallowed favourite of the show. A game I like to call Metal Band or Video Game. It's been a while. Okay. Yeah. So, the basic conceit of this quiz is that uh, you give me a heavy metal band name or a video game and i have to guess which is which that's right yeah i've chosen to call it metal band now because there's so many i realize that i can i can get a lot more fodder yeah if i expand the definition from just heavy metal to metal ah uh, okay so there's so metal many, yeah and like doom metal deathcore yeah, yeah okay. there's so many different kinds of metal ac okay periodic table is full of different <laughs> all right moving on 10 questions let's start. that was terrible Rob that was terrible Look, it was a, I didn't, it wasn't even a joke it was like the like the kernel of a joke you know <laughs> okay I, I didn't even bother question number one AC yep is this a metal band or is it a video game forgotten tomb metal yes band that is a black metal band from Italy black metal black metal yes you're going to learn a lot about different kinds of metal in this quiz okay alright question number two total annihilation that is a game. Correct. It's a PC game. It's an RTS from 97. I remember that. That was hot on the heels of Red Alert. Yeah, it was definitely in that in that oeuvre. Yeah. <laughs> Question number three. Power Slave. <laughs> Power Slave. 
I, it, it, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a really bad Japanese visual novel, like a hentai <laughs> visual novel, but I'm going to say it's a metal band. Uh, no, that's an FPS. Um, actually, weirdly, it's one of the few FPSs uh, that were on the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation. Oh, I yeah. do not have that game. Yeah, 96 came out. Uh, question number four. Destroy, destroy, destroy. Metal band. Correct. Death metal band from Tennessee. <laughs> Tennessee. In, in the USA. Uh, question number five. We're getting through this quickly. Hmm. Eternal Tears of Sorrow. Um, that sounds like a Castlevania game, actually. <laughs> right? Uh, I'm going to guess Metal Band. Yes. This is a symphonic me- death metal band. A symphonic? Symphonic. Wow. This is a genre, apparently. Yeah, yeah, symphonic death metal band from Finland. They uh, do like their... They do. Scandinavia do like their metal bands. They do, don't they? The Nords. They do love it. <laughs> Nords. They love to bang their heads. Uh, question number six. Sonic Mayhem. Oh, you're trying to trick me here. You are trying to trick me. That is a metal band. Correct. Correct. There is no Sonic game called Sonic Mayhem. Yeah. Because I was... Oh, <laughs> you said Mania for a second no. then and my brain went, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Little... Uh, he's trying to... He's trying to get ya. It just sounded so much like a Sonic game that I had to it check. It really does. I had to check, is there a Sonic game Luckily, I think Sonic I actually game. know the overwhelming majority of Sonic games in my head. Right. Which is really sad. Yes. That's a sad thing. Uh, they're an industrial metal... Uh, actually, interestingly enough... Um, industrial Metal from Germany. Actually, they made the music for Quake 2. Oh, wow. And half of the music for Quake 3 Arena. Cool. So there's a game overlap there. Yeah, okay. But uh, Industrial Metal is the... I do like industrial things. So yeah. I might actually like Industrial Metal. I don't know. I don't think I've ever really heard any outside of Quake. Yeah. Well, if you like Quake 2 soundtrack. Uh, question number seven. Zero Tolerance. Uh, that's a game. Correct. It is a Genesis game, actually. An FPS as well. Weirdly, there's not many FPSs Do I have that game? I might have that game. I'm not sure. I'd have to check, but there's a chance I might have that game. Zero tolerance. And I think it might be shithouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number eight. Rune magic. One word. Oh, oh that is the most generic fucking name ever. Uh, rune magic. I'm going to say game. That is a doom metal band oh, no. from Sweden. Again, see, there's a lot. It's northern, northern Europe, I'm telling you. Uh, question number nine. Ashes to Ashes. Dude, that could be both. Uh, game. Correct. PC game. It's a FPS. Of course it is. It's a very obscure one. It came out in 97. Kind of after the after Quake. Yeah, sort of thing, after the know. Duke Nukem. I think it was yeah, maybe in that Duke Nukem vibe. You Ooh, know, like okay. a 2D... I may have played that, actually. Yeah, Ashes to Ashes. I think I may have played that. There's not Mm. much out there about it, but it is a game. And question number 10, wrapping it up. Dark Sun. (laughs) Dark Sun. You, I gotta, I gotta congratulate you on these names because they're mm. super generic, and I'm just guessing half the time. Could go either way. Uh, I'm gonna say metal band. Correct. Actually, this is a, this is three points because whatever you said would have been correct. Um, ah, because there was a game nice. called Dark Sun. Yep. Dark Sun Shattered Lands, which is actually a like a Dungeons and Dragons game. Oh, okay. Uh, for the PC, um, and there's also a, de- a power metal band. From Spain called Dark Sun. Power metal. Power metal. Yes. I want I want to create my own genre called like inspirational metal, where it's like people just like basically shouting coarsely into a microphone. Like those motivational po- posters. 
<laughs> it's like, you are you. You can totally do this today. Don't give up. <laughs> um, anyway. Inspirational metal. Patent yeah. pending. I can't do a good metal voice because apart from anything, I've got a sore throat still. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to try. But there you go. So what was the final score there, AC? Uh, two to you, eight to me. Well, I did pretty well. Well done. But I, I really like those questions. I really enjoyed that guessing game there because I, I, that was mostly luck. Yeah. I knew some of those, but not all of them. The, the art of this is to pick ones that can go yeah. either way. O- obviously, I know nothing about metal. Uh, so basically, no. it comes down to my knowledge of games. Yeah. Yeah. In some ways, I feel like every time we do this quiz, I'm upsetting someone who knows a lot about metal who's listening. <laughs> but our audience is probably small enough. That's unlikely. To be the case. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. If, if they do like metal, they probably like one really specific <clears throat> subset of metal and hate everything else. They're like, oh, Eternal Tears of Sorrow rock. You know? <laughs> Tears, yes. <laughs> Love those eternal tears. Um, yeah, fair enough. You, you gotta like what you gotta like. All right, I guess that's it for uh, Game Life Balance Australia. Read the copy. All right, I will read the copy. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. You can visit us on the web at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com where you'll find links to our podcast feeds. Uh, limited but still happening video content. And you can also find links to our sister show in the US. Yes, uh, I'm going to have to stop you there, Rob, actually. Um, We are considering rescinding the license that we have given to the the Game Life Balance US guys uh, simply because in their last episode, they reviewed Yoshi's Island. Mm -hmm. uh, And one uh, cocaine addict, Uncle Stabo Martin. (laughs) Sure. Yep. Uh, said that this might be the best game on the uh, Super Nintendo Mini. Mm. He couldn't stop wanking about this game the entire time. (laughs) And I would just like to say he's wrong. He is wrong in absolutely every way. This game is annoying. It is a piece of shit. And your rebuttal, please. Oh, my gosh. All right. So um, just just take away notes for our US guys. Uh, You got that review wrong. So... (laughs) Please do it again. <laughs> oh, no. They, they, they gave it a glowing review. I, I don't think it's a bad game, but if you go into Yoshi's Island and you want Super Mario World 2, mm. you are going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Because that is not Super Mario World 2. No, it's a That's, different thing. That is baby Mario screaming while you force a giant egg out of your clacker <laughs> and aim it at innocent wildlife. We're That's done. what that game is. Done. <laughs> Show's over, people. Please follow me on Twitter at Prontally for more inspirational quotes about... More references of Toyoshi's clack. <laughs> That's what it is! God. That always grossed me out in that game. Oh, man. Uh, and our official Twitter feed is back up and running, thanks to our uh, our intern. Our intern, uh, Josh. <laughs> Change his name every week. Wasn't it Chad before? I think it was yeah, Chad. we got Chad got sacked for um, you know, sexual harassment. <laughs> he kept pinching me on my bottom. Yeah, it's really inappropriate. In my kulaka. In the workplace. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, GLB Australia is that Twitter account. Uh, give us a positive review on whatever you're listening to us on, and we'll see you next time. Bye.